Hey there, welcome to the Next Level Nutrition Biz Podcast. I'm your host, Stephanie Long, business coach for nutritionists. I help nutritionists just like you create and launch their business and sign their first high paying client. In this podcast, you'll learn practical strategies to start and grow your nutrition business that you can implement right away. You'll also hear from a ton of guests who have started their own thriving nutrition businesses and share what they've learned throughout their journey. Let's get started. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Next Level Nutrition Biz podcast. Today, I have Emily from To Health With It here to talk all about how to create free content without giving too much away. I am personally very excited for this episode because it's a question that I ask myself a lot. And I know so many of you are also wondering, you know, how do I show up on social media or how do I create blog content and not just give so much away that no one actually wants to work with me? So I've been a fan of Emily's for a while, watching her create content on her own Instagram. I think it's so beautifully done and she shares so much great education and useful, helpful content. So I'm really excited to learn all of her tricks for <laughs> starting her, um, her how she started her business and how she's been able to grow it with her online chorus. So let me just tell you a little bit about Emily. So Emily uh, from To Health With It is a nutritional therapist turned online chorus coach. Her specialty is supporting holistic practitioners, nutritional therapists, and those in health and wellness space to build their online businesses and reach larger audiences via online courses. She graduated from the Gettysburg College in political science and has a corporate career background in fundraising, recruitment, knowledge management, and operations. Her passion is to empower holistic practitioners, health coaches, and nutritionists to share their knowledge and expertise without having to take one-on-one clients while also helping them avoid the one-on-one burnout. She loves teaching others about passive income and how to streamline their business so they actually enjoy their work and life. And through her work, she believes she is able to not only help women build their businesses, but also bring greater healing to the world through her students' online courses. Welcome to the podcast. So excited to have you. Thank you, Stephanie. Yeah, this is so exciting to chat about this topic, but also just, you know, we have similar businesses. So this is going to be really fun. Yeah, definitely. I can see just even reading your bio, um, just like how much belief I also have in the online course space and how I really feel like it's the way of the future for a lot of business owners. And I'm really yep. excited that you've been able to like niche down to helping um, the wellness space with this, because I think it, like I mentioned, is is the future. So we all kind of have to get on board with the online course space. Yeah. Yeah. It, it it offers a lot of opportunity for people, you know, especially if they want to get away from one-on-ones or if they want to add, you know, another offer or turn their group program into a course. So a lot of flexibility with them. Love it. Absolutely. So why don't you just share with everyone, you know, how did you get started in your own nutrition business or how did you come to nutrition? And then we can even talk about how you shifted into more of like the online course coaching space. But first, just like, yeah. Yeah. Where'd you get started? How'd I get into it? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, around, I think it was like 2012 was when I kind of had a wake up call with my own health and I was diagnosed with Hashimoto's thyroid autoimmune. And I started just researching everything, uh, holistically on how to heal, um, without using medication. And so I was starting to get into diet and I went gluten-free, did all the research and I noticed how much, how, how much better I I felt. And so I, um, 
was just like researching everything I could. And I decided to enroll in the nutritional therapy association program NTA and become a nutritional therapist. And I didn't know if a business would lead out of it, but I just knew I was so passionate about it that I was like, well, worst case, I just, you know, learn for myself, you know, all this knowledge. And so, uh, when I graduated, I did decide to start to take one-on-ones and, uh, I quickly learned that one-on-ones were not for me. Uh, just, I don't know, for some reason, it just wasn't a connection there. I, I felt very drained from them. I felt overwhelmed. I didn't know if I could help people. Um, and then I started gradually getting into, well, first I had a subscription box for a little bit and then, yeah, very odd. Um, but then I went into online courses and I started seeing the power of online courses and just, um, how it could just reinvent my business, but also take a little bit of that pressure off to constantly have to take one-on-one clients. Um, especially because I was still dealing with chronic illness. So, um, yeah, so then I started seeing the power of online courses and then basically what happened is I learned all that and got really passionate about online courses and other nutritional therapists started coming to me to say, you know, how did you do that? And would you be able to help me? So that's kind of how the transition happened. It's pretty, pretty natural, but I never thought I'd end up here, but I, I, it now all makes sense. (laughs) But I feel like I've said the exact same thing, but more when it comes to starting your business, because I was exact same way where I went to nutrition school, started my own one-on-one coaching practice. I was teaching at the nutrition school I went to. And Mm -hmm. a lot of the students were like, Hey, can you help me with my business? And it, (laughs) I was like, okay. And it just kind of went from there. And it's so funny how we like go down this path that maybe we're like, Oh, this is odd. It's not really what I thought I was going to do. And then it ends up becoming the thing that you were really, you know, kind of zone of genius, like meant to be doing. And do you feel that like that you've really found kind of that place for yourself in the industry? Yeah, I do. And I've I've really only transitioned for about a year now. And for some reason though, it really has clicked and taken off because I do feel like I'm in my zone of genius because I'm taking my corporate background with knowledge management and process improvement and operations, but applying it to something that I love, which is nutrition. And I thought I would kind of miss that nutrition piece, but really I'm now getting to meet so many practitioners and it's just so much even more fulfilling than just doing it on my own. So, um, I definitely think, yeah, you kind of have to follow those nudges wherever you're going because you never know where it's going to lead up, lead to. So. Yeah. I love how in your bio, you said, Mm -hmm. um, to bring greater healing to the world through your students' online courses. And I think Mm -hmm. there is some magic there, you know, helping the helpers. Mm -hmm. It's still a really important role. You know, even though you might not be working with those clients, you're helping other people get their message and their knowledge out there even further. So With that being said, can you just explain for a moment, you know, like what is the program that you're selling? Like, how are you helping practitioners um, and those in the holistic space to create online courses? And Mm -hmm. yeah, just a little bit about like how you went about creating that online course. Yeah. So my main signature course is it's called from spinning to selling. And it's basically helping, um, anyone in the holistic space and nutritionists create their online course from scratch. So a lot of people come to me and they know they want to create an online course. They see the power of them, um, creating passive income, but they just, they're overwhelmed. They have no idea where to start and they 
are like, don't even like technology. So it's like, Mm -hmm. they're just overwhelmed. So I kind of help them do step-by-step how to build the course, pick your pricing. You know, some people are brand, brand new and, you know, they don't even have a business idea yet, or they've already had a successful business and now they're just transitioning their program to an online course. Um, And then I teach them all about uh, the software program that I teach is called Kartra, which is an all-in-one software tool. And I teach them all the tech tutorials of how to set up their sales pages and their website and uh, their landing pages and opt-in forms and all that stuff. And then I teach them how to start to automate that process. So sales can come in through their email sequences. So it's kind of end to end. Um, and it, you know, it's a big, robust course. There's a lot of information. It is kind of overwhelming, but you know, you get lifetime access and everybody, you know, it can really take you through your business long-term. So it's really, really great. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it sounds fantastic. And it's robust because it has to be. And mm-hmm. that's where I always, um, and people can't see me obviously, cause you're listening to the podcast, but I always do like passive income in quotations <laughs> yep. because uh, like online courses, sure they're passive, but you have to set everything up for it to be passive. So, you know, you, it's not just creating the course, it's creating the course and having the right sales page and having the right email funnels and having the right opt-ins. So mm-hmm. it's so nice to hear that you aren't just giving them like, okay, here's how to create the course, but here's how to create the course and set it up for like passive income success and profitability. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Because that's kind of where I was. What what actually led me to build this course is because I created a mindful eating masterclass prior to this and I built the course. I did all the things. I did the live launch. I did the sales page and I, it was crickets. Mm -hmm. And so you know, you have to continue to work on your sales system and your system and improve it. And it doesn't happen overnight sometimes. I mean, sometimes it can, but Mm -hmm. you know, if it's not happening overnight, it doesn't mean that you don't have a worthy offer or it doesn't mean that you should be giving up. So, um, yeah, the, the passive part is definitely, you definitely have to put a lot of work in. Mm -hmm. Um, but then yeah, it gets to a point where everything just kind of clicks one day and it's like, oh my gosh, I just made a sale (laughs) and I was out and about. This is amazing. (laughs) I mean, really there's no better feeling than waking up in the morning or when you're out and you're like, wow, like it it really does feel at least for me personally, like, oh my gosh, I made this work. Like I did this. I've never had any other feeling, you know, other than getting an online course sale that really gives me that. Um, but I guess then really, Really, it's like, okay, so you have in this case the chorus created, or you know, for those listening, maybe you have your nutrition one-on-one program created or your group program created, but then it's like, how are you marketing that um offer, you know, mm-hmm. so that people are learning about it and they're learning about like what you do and how you can help them. So for you, like, how are you marketing this program? Is it mostly through Instagram or where are you spending your time growing your business? Yeah, that's a good question. So it's mostly Instagram. That's kind of my favorite platform. And I feel like that's where a lot of my audience is. Cause of course you have to kind of go where your audience is. Um, and I just focus most of my time there. Cause I know that as if I grow that, then I won't feel as scattered. And eventually, you know, I I have started a podcast, but you know, that's slow going and, you know, I'm starting to get into YouTube, but it's like, if you spread yourself too thin, sometimes you can get so overwhelmed and you get no traction. So, um, I spend most of my time on Instagram, but I do make sure that, I also get people on some email lists. So obviously 
you know, it's important that I do share a lot of content on Instagram, share a lot of free things, but I'm always pointing people back to my free modules training, which is kind of my opt-in to get onto my email list, which is more free value, but I'm not constantly churning out content because I'm always pointing them back to that one training, if that makes sense, or that one opt-in. So um, I think you can kind of get caught up in that situation where it's, you're, you feel like you're creating all these new uh, content creation, I don't know, whatever, they, like webinars or challenges. Yeah. And then it's like, but then you're not like reusing them kind of. Yeah. So I always recommend like reusing them because they're still great content even after you did them once. So I try and reuse a lot of the things that I'm creating for free. And reminding people that mm-hmm. they're there, right? It's yes. like, no one's going to know if it's just like you created this amazing thing. And it's like, oh, we forget to tell them, you know, how they can access it. So exactly. I know you do that well um, on your Instagram. And also you're just, um, like I mentioned, kind of in your intro, I feel like you just have a really good handle on content creation. I mean, everything you create is quite aesthetically pleasing. It's it's beautiful. It's eye-catching. Um, I know when I'm scrolling, I'll, I'll really stop and take a moment to be like, oh, what is she saying here? And when I go to your page, I see so much value right away. So how do you decide like what you're going to share on Instagram for free um, versus what you're sharing in your paid chorus? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, thank you. I, I never got, got that feedback before. So that's so great that somebody is watching and somebody's, somebody's taking it in. Um, but yeah, so, I mean, it's, it's so hard and I don't know if there's like a conscious decision, um, where it's like, this will be free and this will be paid. But what I try and do is I do try and share snippets of my online course, kind of the philosophy behind it, the why, like the reason people would want to join and share that for free. Um, because you know, I don't want someone to come into my course and be like, I had no idea that her course was on this topic. You know, they need to really know what your course is going to be about before they enroll. I don't want anyone to have any regrets. Um, but I try and keep some of the, um, like the tech tutorials and the really specific stuff in, in the course as like a paid part. Um, but kind of the, I don't know, I guess, broader philosophy around it. I try and share free and I don't, I don't even know if that's like, it's, I don't even know if it's a conscious decision. It's just something that if I'm trying to share things that are inspirational on my free content on my Instagram, you know, mm-hmm. if I, and I, I, I tend to sometimes get a little too technical, but it's like, if I, share something technical on my Instagram, like that's not really that inspiring to people. I'm sure they're kind of probably bored. So it's like, you kind of have to share the why and the, the exciting parts, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, kind of the, the picture that they could have through your course, you know, selling the, the end result. So trying to put that into your free content is, uh, is really good. Yeah, I know that like something I always heard was people saying like speak about or share the why, but not the what. So it's mm-hmm. like you're not necessarily giving like all of the strategy away. Like, mm-hmm. you know, for example, if this was somebody helping with Hashimoto's, they might be like, here's why diet's important or here's like all of the things you need to like support yourself with. But like an actual protocol is what you would get inside like working with me one on one. So mm-hmm. it's almost like not giving away all the pieces. But mm-hmm. I think. I mean, I I believe that to an extent. I also think it's okay to give away the what because I think the what's going to be different for everybody. And 
you know, what a lot of people want is, I mean, maybe I'm speaking more to one-on-one coaching here, but what a lot of people want is like the personalization piece. So I mean, kind of just to shift back to online courses for a second, like how do you recommend people who maybe want to create an online course, but they're afraid it's going to lose the personalization or when it comes to health, they're afraid that, you know, well, why would someone buy this when it's, you know, more generic? Like how do you help people navigate that? Yeah. Well, I think, uh, I mean, a lot of people ask me this question. I think it's because when you're in one-on-one, you think it's all personalized and it is to an extent, but there are a lot of things that you're probably telling every single one-on-one client, you know, the basics, the, the groundwork that they have to go through before they even get to the point of getting like maybe a one-on-one protocol. And so whatever that information is, that basic information that someone could put into a course, I I recommend that that would go into the course. And then if you do want to take something more personalized, you could add a VIP offer where they then work with you one-on-one or, you know, do a one-on-one while they're going through the course or something like that. Um, or then at the end, it could kind of say something like, these are your options of like, if you're experiencing these symptoms or something like that. I mean, obviously you have to be careful with nutrition, but, um, kind of saying, you know, generically, like this is what you could do. Um, and everybody is different, but this could be what's going on. So, I mean, it's, it's hard. I mean, it's definitely not as personalized, but I do think you can give a lot of really great knowledge where it doesn't feel like, oh, this person's just talking to everybody, you know, cause yeah. you are really only talking to your ideal client in your course, technically. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like really it's almost a parallel with the content you're sharing online, like Instagram mm-hmm. or your blog, because it's like, you're not personalizing that that information for one person, it's like almost a broader piece of information for your whole audience. Um, something that's going to apply to everyone. So when you're creating your Instagram content, like, are you thinking more like, okay, like, for example, I want to teach about like how to pick your course topic. Do you think of like an ideal client? Like, okay, Sarah, she's 30, she's creating her online course and this is what she needs to know. Or do you more just think about like the the broader, like what you need to teach about that topic, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, for the most part, I really do try and think of a specific person. I think that's the content that always gets the best results for me. Um, I mean, eventually I would like to broaden outside of just nutritionists. Um, you know, I even have like, you know, a makeup artist, or, uh, I think I even have a hairdresser in my course, but which is awesome because I think the content can apply to everyone, but I would, you know, for me speaking directly to that person who I know is in my course and struggling, it it's like, I know if there's one person struggling with that, there's 50 other people that are going to relate to that content. So, and I can get really, really specific and it just, I don't know, it just, it resonates more when I try and speak more broadly. Sometimes it, it's like, what is this? Who is this for? (laughs) You know, Mm, I don't know if you have that same experience as well, but yeah. And I think it is helpful even just to come up with content ideas based on either what your like clients or your students are struggling with or questions that you're asked a lot about, like, how do you even come up with these content ideas? For example, is it like you literally just look at what's in your course and then you teach it, um, you know, in like an Instagram post, or do you like have like a process for how you do content creation? Um, a couple things. Sometimes it's just random inspiration. And when I have that, I will 
uh, I use a program called ClickUp and I will just add all my content ideas. Like you'll randomly get inspiration whenever I put it in there. Um, so I, I never feel like, what am I going to post about? Like I always have a go-to folder. Um, and then if a student or, um, you know, potential student has a question for me, usually I will post about that content. If someone has a testimonial, I'll repost that content. Um, and then I'll kind of like break down my course. Like you said, like go into my course and say, okay, I haven't really talked about, uh, I don't know, you know, pricing, course pricing in a while. Okay. I'm going to talk a little bit about that. And obviously you can't deep dive on a, Mm -hmm. you know, a tiny little Instagram post. So I don't feel like I'm giving too much away when I talk a little bit about it for free. But then at the end of the post, I say, you know, we'll learn more about this inside my course. And I always make sure to point the people back to my course. Um, so that's kind of how I come up with the content. I'm trying to think if there's anything else. It's, it's not too, um, usually it's mostly just inspiration, but I definitely always try and put things into that click up document to keep track of it. Cause yeah, I mean, I, I love that because I think like, and it always happens to me where I'm falling asleep and I'm like, oh, great post idea. Yes. And then it's like, I don't have paper near me. I try to keep my phone out of the bed and then I lose it. And I'm like, <laughs> ah, you know, so just having like something where you're like a running list when you kind of feel that drought of like, what am I supposed to post? You just go back, pick one of the topics. And I really like your point of like trying to keep the topics like related to the offer that you're selling. Mm-hmm. Cause I think that's where a lot of people kind of get a little like stuck is okay, but there's so much to talk about how, like, I need to talk about a million different things. So is that kind of your piece of advice for other people creating content is like, okay, what is the thing that you're trying to sell and create content that pushes people towards that? Yeah. I mean, I think that's what I'm doing differently now and why it's having a bigger impact than what I was doing prior with my, uh, mind fleeting masterclass. I was just randomly thinking of topics, you know, talking about them. And maybe I would talk about my course, but I didn't, it was just so all over the place. Whereas now, yeah, I really try and think, okay, what do people know? What do people need to know before they enroll in my course? And how do I create that content for them? And how can I provide value? So they say, oh, wow, this person really does know what they're talking about. And, or how can I get my audience to think differently? Um, And then, yeah, pointing them to that offer. And I think that if you kind of do it backwards and think of it that way, then you make sure you're not going all over the place because just because you're maybe a gut health nutritionist. It doesn't mean you have to talk about all things gut health and be the expert on every single thing. You know, you can kind of hone it into what you really love to talk about and also what people need for you, but also your offer. And I think that'll just increase your sales in the long run. Yeah. So do you think, um, when it comes to creating content online, it's super beneficial to have a niche then? Uh, I do. Well, at least in the beginning, because I, I, I'm a multi-passionate person, so I can see myself totally having multiple businesses and going all over the place. But I do think when you're definitely, when you're just starting out, I think it is helpful to have a niche to keep you focused because usually what happens, because I've done this in the past, is you create an offer and it's either not selling or it's kind of selling. And then you go and create another offer and then another offer and you know, you're kind of having all these different ideal clients and then you're all over the place. So if you can hone it in, in the beginning, create like a signature offer, um, and 
make sure that you're only talking to those one people and kind of grow that. And then if you want to expand, I think that's, you know, maybe a different story, but that's just been my experience. But I also know there's probably exceptions to the rule and there's people out there who are, you know, having broader niches and they're doing okay. But, um, for me, I think it's always good to, to talk to who you really want to talk to. Yeah. And, you know, for those people that might be more broad, Mm -hmm. you never kind of know like where they came from in the audience. Maybe they pulled with them from like something else that they were doing and people just followed them to the next thing they were doing. Or what I find is some people are just really good at personal branding. So you're Mm -hmm. just a fan of that person, you know? Um, And what I'm kind of curious for you is like, have you found that like, as people get to know you more on social media, that they want to invest in working with you because they're, they more become like your fan. Yeah. I do find that like, as I share more about my personal story, I definitely get more like DMS or people interested. And sometimes, yeah, it's scary. Like, am am I going to share too much? Am I going to like scare people away? But actually like, it really does draw the right people to you. Like when I share about my chronic illness, you know, other people were like, well, I'm also doing dealing with that. And I see how courses have helped you. And, or if I share, you know, something as like private as like the income I've made, which feels really cringy for me sometimes, but I always have people being like, I love that you're like, newer in your business because I like, they relate to that more. Right. And so they can see that themselves in me. And then it, I don't know, it just bonds us. So, um, I think, yeah, as much as you can share more of that personal story of how you got to where you are and the struggles that you had in your content, I mean, that's great free content that you can give away Mm -hmm. and, and uh, really will connect you with your audience. Yeah, absolutely. Ready to start your nutrition business but have no idea what steps you need to take? No problem. That's exactly why I've created a completely free workshop for you called Six Steps to Start Your Nutrition Biz and Sign Your First Paying Clients. In this on-demand workshop, I'm sharing my six-step roadmap to starting a successful nutrition business without a huge social media following or years of experience. I'll also share the top three mistakes I see most new nutritionists making when starting their business and how to avoid them, and the must-have tools you need to run a successful nutrition business and wow your clients from day one. Oh, and did I mention that the workshop is completely free? Sign up at stephanielong.ca slash workshop and get instant access right now. Now, kind of also in the on the page of like content creation. Um, I just want to talk about Instagram stories for a second. Mm-hmm. Well, number one, I love when you share your little like weekend vacations oh, or wherever oh you're gosh, going. You're always, at a new, you're always at a fun new like restaurant or bar. And I'm like, oh my gosh, so fun. Um, but also, and, and please correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like I was following you for a while and you weren't necessarily showing up on video. And then mm-hmm. at one point you almost pivoted and started showing your face more. Now, did were you showing your face and I just missed it? Or did you almost make a conscious decision to get on video? Yeah. So for me, I know that video always is better content because I, I love when people get on video as well. For me, it's more of a a timing thing. Sometimes when I'm so busy, I honestly don't like right now I'm in a very busy season. So I have not been on video and I'm like, okay, instead of getting on video all the time, cause I don't have time. Maybe I set aside a time to do like a webinar or a workshop or something and reuse that. So it's yeah. like, I'm still getting on video, but it's like 
I don't know. Autopilot like, video. Autopilot. Kind of, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, cause right now I, I also, I do have a corporate job right now mm-hmm. as well. So it's like I'm very busy. And so it's like, I know that I would love to get on video and on my Instagram stories regularly, but also, you know, I know there's just life. And so it's like, how can you work around that? And as long as I think you're showing yourself occasionally, Mm -hmm. um, I think that that's going to, you know, connect you to your audience. But I also know that there's people out there who are killing it and they never show their face or anything. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, they're just the exception to the rule. So, um, I don't know. It's a fine line. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and I love that idea of like, you know, maybe you don't, maybe like your energy doesn't want you to show up like all the time, Mm -hmm. or maybe there is an illness going on there where you can't, or maybe like, it's just so out of your comfort zone. It gives you like hives and anxiety. Yeah. And then it's like, you know, if you can muster kind of the, the energy to do it once and record it and then put that out. Like, I love that idea for people who maybe are like, you know, low on energy or time or whatever it is mm-hmm. to create something that's still bringing a lot of value, still helping you connect, but it's not something you have to do all the time. So yeah, thank you for sharing that. I think that's yeah. a very smart idea. Yeah. And always like re like if, if there was a time where, you know, you really put a lot of effort into your video, just reshare that on your Instagram story. And, you know, there's always new people coming to your page. So the content that you shared for free before is still valuable. So just keep, keep sharing it. It's like a system. And then, you know, if there's a busy week, like I know you can't always get on there. So it is what it is. <laughs> you repost a lot of like old content, like let's say something you posted a couple of months ago, will you like bring it back and repost it to the feed? And if yes, do you like change it at all? Do you post it the exact same way? I'm so curious. I try to, um, because sometimes I do get in that, like, oh, I have to create new content and new content, and new content. And then it's like, step back. Like, let's look at the content that maybe performed really well. So I'll go into my insights in my Instagram and see, okay, wow, this post was like saved a bunch of times. People really liked that. So I will typically like maybe redo the Canva graphic, but keep Mm. the content or, um, break it down into a couple different posts for a couple different days. Um, or I'll just keep, keep the same post if it did really well. So yeah, that's, that's a great recommendation is, um, going back in. I, or I'll repost an old thing to my story, um, Mm. and do it that way. But then I, then I feel like I'm still moving my business forward, but it's like, sometimes you need a break, you know, (laughs) from creating new content. (laughs) And you'd be surprised. I mean, I'm always surprised because like, for example, this summer I've like really taken a step back. I don't think I've created a new post since I don't think June, maybe June, July. It's like been a while. And yet I have people all the time saying like, but you're so present on social media. Mm -hmm. So I think it's also like, because I'm using stories and, and because I have a catalog of, you know, content that's been created, people can show up and feel like I'm still active. So what I've been doing a lot is when I don't have the energy over the summer is pulling old posts. And I'd say probably like five out of six posts are old posts that I'm just bringing because like you said, new people are coming or the people that have been around for a while might need to learn that thing again. And that's totally Mm -hmm. fine. 
Yeah. That's amazing. Good. Cause I, I love, I love when people do that. Cause I don't think people do that much, you know? And oh, I'm all for like making <laughs> the work easy, as easy as you can. And actually that kind of takes us to the next question I have about, um, Instagram or any kind of social media graphics. For me, this is the biggest hang up. Like I could probably type a caption, no problem. Like, you know, every day and be fine. It's the graphic. I just, mm-hmm. I can't bother myself that I just make it so simple. And that's the way I know I'm going to get it done. But then I look at your feed and I'm like, oh, it's so pretty and it's so engaging. So teach us your tricks. Like, how do you come up with these different graphic ideas? That's so funny because I thought the same thing about your content. I was like, it's so (laughs) simple, but in such an effective way. So of course the grass is always greener, right? It's like, (laughs) um, but no, I was like, okay, I have to have my feed more like Stephanie's. We can swap for a bit. (laughs) Um, I mean, I don't even know. So I try, I'm a very process oriented person because I am, um, you know, that's obviously what I'm doing with online courses. And so I always try and use, uh, Canva graphics that are like step-by-step. I think that a lot of people really like that. Um, I mean, even though sometimes it is boring, but it's like people love tangible things they can take away. And especially with nutrition, you know, I see some of my course students when they post like, I don't know, five reasons, five symptoms or five reasons or five steps, you know, those posts do so well because people want those actions. Um, and yes, they want the inspiration and stuff, but they want the takeaway. And so that's what I usually just search in Canva for like graphs or steps or process. Mm-hmm. Those are a lot of my posts that like I use list or something like any yeah. kind of like wording that's going to bring up the image that you're looking for. Okay. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. Um, and I just, I don't even know. I don't think I have a system, but I also probably spend way too long on my Canva graphics because I love it. I could mm. be in Canva all day. It's my favorite yeah. thing to do. <laughs> uh, it's probably my way of procrastinating. Um, but yeah, I just also like favorite, you know, posts that I see all the templates that I see that I love. And I'm like, okay, well, I haven't posted a testimonial in a while. That's a good reminder to go back and, you know, grab a testimonial, repost it, you know, do all that kind of stuff. So I don't even know if I have a system, <laughs> but no, I, I appreciate the feedback. I love that. <laughs> yeah. And I, and honestly, I think like the biggest thing is even though you're pulling templates from Canva, I still find, and I'd love for everyone to go check out your Instagram because we're really <laughs> talking it up here. And, and I think people will agree with me that like, it still flows. Like I, I know like some people I'll see, they're like pulling templates from Canva, but they look disjointed. Like it looks mm-hmm. like, oh, those are Canva templates where for your work, I find like it just flows really nice. So is it that you're like particular about the type of template you use um, or maybe your brand colors or like, is there some kind of consistency you always go for? Oh yes, definitely. So my favorite um, app to do this is called plan. And I actually, when I'm creating a Canva post, I'll look at and actually preview how the post will look in the feed. And I know like, as we're getting into Instagram, like people don't want curated feeds anymore as much, but I don't know, still when you're look, you want your brand to look professional. Yeah. So I try and look and say, oh, wow, like that looks really busy next to each other. Like I'm going to have something a little simpler, like a little more white space. Mm-hmm. And then you can kind of move things around. And actually it helps me like when I'm really loving content creation, I'll do a couple posts in plan and just won't post them yet. Mm-hmm. And you can kind of see how the feed will look, but it also just takes some pressure knowing that you've got some posts, you know, to back up. Um, 
And then as far as branding, yes, I do have colors that like I save my branding colors in Canva. Um, although I, I do change them often and I need to stop doing that, but I think I've committed for a little <laughs> bit. Um, it's, it's hard to commit to your branding colors. Um, but yeah, I do try and like rotate them and keep them light and airy and not like, you know, you just have to kind of feel like, okay, the post next to it has to kind of go with the next post. You know what I mean? So yeah. I try and preview that, how, how it will look. I love that. I mean, that's way more than I plan out. So like <laughs> kudos to you to, to do that extra step. And, and I mean, like, I think this whole conversation, just remembering that like you're a year, did you say a year, a year mm-hmm. into this, yeah. like, I know you had like a business prior, but you know, this chorus and, and your, your Instagram for this course being, you know, a year young, like you're really a testament for like, just doing the thing and then mm-hmm. figuring it out as you go. And do you see that in yourself? Like, do you find that that's a quality you have that might be different from other people in the industry? Yes. I feel like that was me and what I try and teach my students because that wasn't me for the longest time. I was so caught up in my inaction. Like I could not take action because I had such fear and perfectionism and imposter syndrome and all the things. And finally, when I started just putting content out there and not worrying, like, is this going to get me a sale or, and just trying to have fun with it, I realized that it started building momentum and it's okay when you are vulnerable and people see that you are building this and to say, you know, like I'm new at this and this is what I'm doing, but I'd love for you to join my course, even though it's in beta mode, or even though I'm, you know, you're going to be one of the first students and just get it out there. Because I think a lot of my students are like, well, I'm scared to make sales because they see that, I'm new at this and they're, you know, and it's like, that's fine. That's a great opportunity to bring people along with you. And, you know, who cares if there's only five people in the Facebook group, you know, you gotta start somewhere. (laughs) It's so true. I know that that's a huge fear for a lot of people. Like you really nailed it there. Mm -hmm. And, and yeah, a lot of this is just us fear of looking new, but it's like, you know, even the, the biggest names in the industry, you know, the biggest nutritionist, the biggest coaches, they were all at step one, but it's, you know, fortunate and unfortunate that we're now seeing them at step 500. And we just Mm -hmm. compare ourselves to that. And we think, you know, I can't just start imperfectly, but that's where everybody starts. So I I so appreciate you sharing that process. Mm -hmm. I mean, I always love to, when businesses are just so transparent, like when you share your course sales, I'm always like, that's amazing. Like I always (laughs) love that. And, And I actually wish I was more transparent like that. So I think it's like just finding what's comfortable for you and what people resonate with and mm-hmm. just being open to being a little bit, not that you're messy, but yeah. you know, a little messy, oh, yeah. messy in the process, right? It's like, it doesn't have to be perfect with a bow on it. It can be right. half done and then you work on it and perfect it as you go. Right. Because I feel like that's a lot of the trait. I don't feel like everyone who creates a course or their group program or anything like it's not that they're not good enough. It's the opposite. It's that they, they think they think they're not good enough. And so they just don't put it out there. And it's like, I know you like whatever you're putting out there is probably way better than you think. So, you know, and your students, we forget that our students are so new at this. And, and so you are the expert and regardless if it's messy, you know, and imperfect and you have a typo on your slide, like it just happens. (laughs) Exactly. It's life and there's no point, you know, (laughs) Yeah. Trying to worry about that. It's just, it, yeah. you can always go back and do version number two. Right. And I think that is the thing. It's like when we are in a business for the long run, just like you mentioned earlier, it's not always about like 
creating a new offer all the time when something isn't working. It's about finding the thing that works and just refining it and, you know, like updating it and really working on it. And, you know, the version of some of the biggest programs we probably see out there are probably not version one, it's probably version 10. We just didn't see all of those smaller versions or we weren't, you know, in the audience at the time to, to see those transformations happen. So, yeah. Yeah. I love it. I love being kind of on like the, (laughs) the starting the ground level with you. And I'm really excited to see like where, where this goes for you and all of your course students. Um, before we wrap up, I would mm-hmm. love for you to just share, like, what are some of the favorite, like, platforms you use in your business? Mm-hmm. I know you mentioned Kartra. Maybe you could explain, yes. like, what that is and anything else you love. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, Kartra is, like, the main tool that runs my business now. Um, it's an all-in-one course platform, but it also now hosts my website. Um, I canceled my Squarespace. It does my email. I canceled my convert kit. Um, it, uh, what else does it do? Does surveys and quizzes. It does all my sales pages and opt-in forms and help desk and all the things. Um, and so that's basically what I run my, um, course out of because Mm -hmm. I just am the type of person that I couldn't have a ton of software programs. My mind was all over the place. So that is my favorite. And then obviously Canva, uh, I use QuickBooks for my taxes and bookkeeping. What else? Um, I feel like I got rid of so many things. Which is always so yeah. nice, isn't it? <laughs> when, Such a when great you can, feeling. <laughs> yeah, have like a streamlined business. So basically, like you're, if you're like starting your business day and checking in on your business, like you almost go to Kartra and that's where you kind of like start because you maybe check it on the website, the chorus, the email list, mm-hmm. like everything's in that program. It's basically everything. Yeah. And then, yeah, I basically have a, a Gmail account and that's it. (laughs) I try and keep it simple. And I'm like, okay, let's see how big we can grow keeping it just like this. Even though, you know, I see a new software platform and I'm like, Ooh, I need that. I need that, but you don't. (laughs) Oh, for sure. Right. Like, not that I recommend this, but you know, some people who like, like, let's just say, you know, financially, they just cannot invest in some kind of course platform. It's like, Mm -hmm. And maybe you're like, please do not give this advice out, (laughs) you know, like you, you literally could add things to a Google drive folder and give people links. Not that I think that's the best way, because how do you scale that? And, you know, the privacy, there's so many potential reasons that might not be a great option, but it's possible. Like there's so many thrifty ways to run your business. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, if you that's how I basically started this course is I didn't have anything in my course and I gave a checkout link in Kartra, Mm -hmm. but with no content created, like you really could do that, putting it in a Google folder and making sure, you know, you've got a checkout and that's really, it's really all you need. And then you can improve it over time. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Just start with what you have. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you. This has been so fun. I've really enjoyed this. And I feel like we're definitely on the same page for so many different things. And, you know, um, I'm glad we've been able to inspire each other with each other's content. And um, I've definitely taken so much from the way that you show up and share and speak about your chorus. And like I said, I'm just so excited to be kind of like here for for the growth that you're about to have and and um, that your program's about to have. So before we go, would you just share like where can people find you on Instagram since we've talked so much about it and where can they find out more about your program? Yeah. Um, so you can find me at, at to health with it. 
Um, still kept my old business name, but it kind of fits. Uh, and www.tohealthwithit.com. And that's where I have those free modules that we talked about. If you are interested in online course creation, people can check those out. But yeah, love for anyone to come to my page and chat. And I don't know, I just love talking about business. So if anyone has any questions, I'd love to love to chat further. But yeah, this was so wonderful. And it's it's just so nice to yeah speak speak to someone who's also doing this in the same space and we have the same audience, which is just wonderful. Yeah. No, I'm like I said, a fan. I'm definitely a fan. Really. When you said yes to this, I was like, great. I'm so excited. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm famous. I love yeah, it. Yeah. You're Instagram just famous. My life. Yeah. Well, thanks again so much. And we'll definitely have to have you on again. Okay. Definitely. Can't wait to keep in touch. Thank you. Thanks for listening in. If you like this episode, feel free to leave us a review, share the episode with a friend, or take us on social media. Catch you next time.